Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year. We have an opportunity for us to be able to open God's Word. I hope you got a copy. You have a copy of God's Word. If you do, on the first day of 2023, as we kick off a new year, here's a topic and here's a passage that I think is going to fit right into many of our desires, many of our pursuits for a new year and for God to do a new thing is this. Psalm 1, the first song in the songbook of the Psalms, and it kicks off with a theme of being blessed. Who is the blessed one? I don't know if anybody this morning woke up and said, I hope 2023 is a year that I am cursed. Anybody hope that like, man, 365 days for me to have an unblessed life. I, I hope that's what we're headed for. Anybody? I have a suspicion that every single one of us as, as the year ended and we anticipated a new year, we were thinking about, I want it to be better. I want something different. I want something new. And what if we would just take a few minutes looking at six verses and just ask the question, what does a new life, what does a new you look like? And scripture, as we just saw in the video, the contrast of being blessed versus being cursed, life versus death, I think all of us would agree that maybe God's word has something to say about what this year could look like, where we could head in a different direction, how we could have certainty. I am blessed. I am blessed. God's hand is on my life. He is for me and he's with me. But how would I know that? How would I know that? And let's dive in and find out together. If you have your, your finger on Psalm 1, if you have your device flipped open there, we have a new year. And I think this would be God's will for our lives that this new year would not just be a blessed year, but that we would maybe kick off, we would start off with a living a blessed life, living a blessed life. Can, can I tr throw down some, some introductions here? Okay, so introduction to a little bit of background before we jump into Psalm 1 is, are we all on the same page that we're living in a moral world? We're not living in a relativistic, whatever you feel, whatever you think, that your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, that there's an assumption that God made a world where there is right and wrong. Are, are we on the same page with that? You can, you can disagree if you want to, but there's the assumption as we open up God's word that we know that there's right and wrong. We know that there is a lawgiver, that there is the right one telling all of his creation what is right and to turn from the bad, turn to the good. We live in a moral world. I, I think the other thing we need to think about is we live in a world where the choices we make and the behavior of all people is rooted in a commitment to some kind of worldview. Everybody sees the world a certain way, and therefore they make decisions based on what they're committed to, what they value, what they love, who or what they will obey. And as we step into this first psalm to be thinking about this, thinking about what is going on in the heart of an individual that is cursed versus that's blessed. And if you're with me there, Psalm 1, first verse, says this, blessed is the man who walks, everybody say walks, okay, we, blessed is the man or blessed is the woman, blessed is the person who walks not, this is an interesting way to start, he doesn't say, here are three things to do. He says, here are three ways not to live. Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor he doesn't, she doesn't stand in the way of sinners, nor 
sit in the seat of scoffers. Okay, if, there, if there's not supposed to be this walking and the standing and the sitting, if there's not supposed to be a consistent surrounding ourselves with and associating with and being influenced by the wicked, by sinners, and by scoffers, what's the solution? What's the answer? What's the alternative? You see that in verse 2? He leads us into the good after clarifying the bad, the right way after clarifying the wrong way. Here's verse 2, but his delight, that's a good word, right? I don't know what your word of the year is. Maybe 2023, your word could be delight, delight. I've delighted in so many things, but this year I'm going to delight in what? In the law of the Lord, in God's word, and on his law, the one that is blessed, he, she meditates day and night, day and night, day and night. Turn your neighbor and say, that's always, all the time. Always, 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 always delighting, always meditating. I don't know what your translation says, but we have walking in the counsel of the wicked, meaning a, a pattern of being around and listening to those that are consistently rebelling against God. This may be this idea of walking. Stephen, you want to come up here? Come on up. I won't, I won't make you do anything ridiculous. I won't hurt you. I won't get you wet. I, I promise. There's a difference between living for God and knowing that we are surrounded with people that are very influential in many ways, okay? But there's a difference that the psalmist says, it's not just that you're around them in general. It's not just that they are living this godless lifestyle all around you. It's the fact that pretty soon that person or those people, pretty soon you start walking. Let's walk, shall we? We start walking together, right? And maybe even it's just the occasional, come on, maybe it's just the occasional, hey, how you doing? And all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to talk to you long, right? But there is a walking that may be a, a short term or a long term that there may be some rubbing off, right? And he says, those that are wicked, how, mu how much time are you spending walking with them, not observing and not helping or encouraging or challenging, but that you're spending a little bit of time getting to know and Hearing. And for some of us, it might just be on social media that I spend some time just being influenced, maybe from a distance or the occasional chat at work or extended family member, whatever, whatever it is. We have another image. It's not just there's walking, but it, what does he say? It doesn't stand in the way of sinners. It's one thing just to kind of walk on by. How you doing? Good to see you. All right. See you again soon. We'll chat later. It's different when all of a sudden you're you're spending some time. Hey, what are you guys doing over there? Well, we just ran into each other at HEB and we're standing in the aisle. What are you doing? We're standing together. Is that just in passing? Well, sometimes it's, hey, let's linger for a while and let's, let's catch up. Some of that catching up is with people. What does he describe them as? Uh, sinners, not just those that are wicked and doing evil, but those that are intentionally practicing anti-God lifestyle and you're not just walking by, you're not just in passing pretty soon, you're spending some time, hey, let's chat for a long while, let's stand together. Hey, what were you guys talking about? Well, depending on who we're talking to and talking with, he says, here's a warning, here's a warning. Where do you linger? And it, it's not just the walking and it's not just the standing. Pretty soon, Stephen, come over here. I mean, I know that we get to in passing chat a little bit, and I know that sometimes uh, I run into you and we talk, but pretty soon we're 
like let's plan to actually be together and spend hours together and like let's sit down and talk through and who's influencing who well god is calling us as believers you may be walking you may be standing you may be sitting you may have different types of relationships but what are you doing with people that are not living for god but are opposed to god you can have a seat everybody give them an applause you did great you are a great walker stander sitter don't let anybody tell you different who's influencing who even if it's from a distance even if it's occasional or who are you closest to that you're sitting with and lingering with who's influencing who and i think we're pretty good at looking at maybe our our kids teenagers and say well kind of concerned with who they're hanging out with and who they're dating and who they're spending a lot of their time with and who's influencing who but somehow it magically happens where we become adults and it's like well i'm an adult now so i'm not going to be influenced in the same way our whole lives we are constantly being influenced and if we're going to live not just a blessed year but a blessed life the blessed life is take inventory of the influences all around you the little ones the big ones the long-term relationships the short-term who's influencing who he has a warning here and he says the answer is delight yourself in god's law and his word meditate on it why why would the solution to bad company right be get in the bible read the bible why would that be the the answer well there's an interesting word that this passage starts off with, and it's the word counsel. The idea of counsel is people sharing advice or perspective, assuming that they are right and they expect you to receive it and to make changes. There are opinions coming at you. There is a lot of advice, a lot of counsel. I, I don't know about you, but I just, I imagine, maybe for some of us, we're going to go way back. We imagine walking into the gymnasium i don't know if you went to a, a larger school smaller school but no matter what size when you walk into the gymnasium right before a pep rally and whether there's uh dozens and lots of dozens in in, your, in some of your cases or hundreds or thousands of fellow students all packed into the stands um what's happening in that moment peace and calm and quiet right is it like a library in there N not so much as there is anticipation for something big, there are voices and there's screaming and there's yelling. And, and I think we get the picture when we are in different sporting events or school events or packed out going to see our, our favorite team. But I think the image that God has is there are people speaking all the time in our lives. Do you believe that? There is a cacophony. There is a constant barragement of opinions and thoughts and what you should or shouldn't do and how you should think all you have to do is spend a, a few moments binging on netflix to know there's an agenda here all you got to do is spend a few minutes through social media and the constant messages that are coming at us you don't have to be in a room packed full of people to have voices constantly screaming and he says the answer to all of that coming at you is to get quiet and to get alone and to hear the voice of the only one that matters we spoke earlier if you were here about getting into the word in 2023 in january 1 that we are here together kicking off a new year and what if every day we said 
I am going to commit, no matter what reading plan or Bible plan, to say every day, I need to get in the Word. I need to get in the Word. I need truth. I need God's voice to be speaking louder than all of the madness around us, whether we tend to walk, stand, or sit with those leading us, influencing us astray. There are some people around us that we can't get rid of, but there are those that we can combat the negativity, the criticism, the worldliness with God's truth. I don't know what your plan is, but this year, would you grab somebody and say, would you hold me accountable? Hold me accountable this year. I want to get in the word. I want to meditate on God's word. I want to memorize God's word. I want to delight in it. I've never done that before. This could be my year. Show me how to do it. I, I would highly suggest you take that advice. It could change everything. I want to be blessed. I want to live a blessed life. Get in the word until the word gets in, into you, changing your mind, changing your, your heart. Uh, I love Tim Keller, pastor, uh, two pastors uh, out of New York City, Redeemer Network. And he said, as he's trying to answer the question, how do we meditate on God's word? How do we delight in it and meditate on it day and night? And based on his commentary in the Psalms, he says, meditation is taking the truth down into our hearts until it catches fire there and it begins to melt and shape our reactions to God, ourselves, and the world. I thought that was so good. Meditation is taking the truth down into our hearts until it catches fire there and it begins to melt and shape our reactions to God, ourselves, and the world. And so what is meditation? I just want to spend a minute here. Is everybody, everybody ready? I'm going to pretend you have no idea what meditation is other than if you uh, have watched uh, a Buddhist or uh, a Hindu or some New Ager try to attempt whatever they claim meditation to be of emptier mind and oh, I, I don't know what, what you imagine with meditation, but believe it or not, we're actually commanded to meditate, so we probably should know how to meditate, right? And I have a couple books on my shelf on like, like small engine repair for dummies and uh, you know, uh, hieroglyphic uh, interpretation, uh, Egyptian for dummies, all the way to how to properly wash a dog for dummies. I don't know. They, they have a whole fleet of four dummies volumes, right? So one of them, I'm like, I wish they had a, a book, all right? Biblical meditation for dummies, all right? for beginners, for rookies. I thought of two steps. It would be the shortest four dummies book ever written, but, but here we go. Engage your mind with God's word. Step one, just be asking scripture, what does this teach me about God? What does this teach me about who I am, about who Jesus is, about salvation, about the church, about doing community together? What is this passage saying to the original audience? What is it saying to me? I need to engage my, my mind, engage my mind, turn to your neighbor and say, engage your mind. To engage our mind in 2023, that I got to think on God's word. I got to be in God's word. And then here we go. Step two, incline your heart. That, that's what the psalmist says. Incline your, your heart. Have your heart be meditating on this truth. Incline your heart to God's word, asking, do I, do I believe what God says here? Any passage that you would open to, to be able to ask the question, how would my life change if I obeyed? this portion of scripture? What lies do I have to reject in order to believe the truths that I just read? How can I obey what I just read today? That would be awesome. Even if you're reading a few verses and every day you just opened it and said, what does this mean? What is it 
What is it saying? And then what am I supposed to do with this? What if every day you just said, God, I'm going to open your word and whatever it says, I'm going to do it and I'm going to obey it. Have you been there? I don't know if 2022 was an awesome year for you opening God's word and just saying, God, I'm surrendered. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. I want to be obedient. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to honor you by saying yes to you. If 2022 wasn't super awesome in that regard, guess what? You've got a new year to crack open God's word and to be able to say, I want to understand it. I want to do it. I want to live it. And so what, what's step three? What's step three? Well, it depends on your response to steps one and two, right? Because if you end up going through steps one and two of engaging God's word and inclining your heart and your heart being filled with truth, you're either going to end up worshiping the God that has just spoken to you or you are going to cry out for, for help and for hope. Either it's going to be, that's an answer to the problem that I've been facing or God, things aren't changing and I don't know if I believe that and I'm really struggling right now to hear you say that. So either you're going to worship with joy or maybe continue to pray with dependence and cry out for hope and for help. And how about this? Number two, if you're taking notes, number two, not just what is the fruit, excuse me, what is the root of a blessed life deep rooted in his word, but what is the fruit of a blessed life? Look at verse three. He's like a tree. This man or this woman that is blessed, that is living with God's hand of goodness on him, on her. This is what it pictures. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. He's like tree, a strong tree, deep-rooted tree. She's like a tree where there's streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. There's a season for fruitfulness. There's a season of waiting, and there's a season of yielding fruit. And I love this. This kind of person that is blessed, is that you? Is that you? Walking with God, knowing his voice, roots going down into his word, the leaves are not going to wither. You're not going to fall apart in the midst of the crisis. You are not going to fall apart and die when you feel like everything is going wrong. You are not going to be able to give up hope because you are, you're planted. That this is the blessed life. This is the fruit of a blessed life. Steady, consistent, stable, no matter what. No matter what. Everybody say, no matter what. No matter what comes in 2023 no matter what you're going to face. And some of us, we're already in the thick of it. We've already kicked off the new year knowing exactly what we're facing and what season we're in. And if we have our roots down, the image of, God, I want to be close to your truth. I want to be planted deep, abiding in you. What's going to happen? And all he does and all she does, what happens? He prospers. She prospers. You're talking about cash money? Maybe. Prosperity? You're talking about everything goes your way and it's the, it's the job that you always wanted and it's the life and the comfort and it's the new whatever. Prosperity may not look the way that you thought, but it's exactly what you need. Even if you don't realize you needed it all along, God provides in ways as we plant in him. What, what do we have? Verse 4. The wording is interesting. This is what happens to those who are blessed. Isn't this awesome? Here's an image of life. 
life-giving and hope and joy. And then the psalmist transitions and says, the wicked? Not so. Not so. Uh, I have my, I don't know if I, I have a wave of people that would be able to give me their, their best not so much. Uh, not, not so, not so much. Asher, I know you can do it. But as we, as we think about the goodness and the hope and the joy, and then immediately, well, all you have to do is look at those that are walking away from God, that are running from God, and, and his assessment is not, not, not so much, not so much. Yeah, that's an understatement. And he says they are like chaff, blown in the wind. It just drives them away. That's their life, up and down and back and forth. And while we are deeply planted in the word and chaos is ensuing and there is heartache and there are questions, unknown future, those that are saying, God, I want to get close. I want to draw close to you. There is an immovable, there is an unshakable while those that say, I'll do it myself, I'll do it my way, I'll figure it out. Now, I don't know if you lived 2022 with an attitude of, well, I just, I know how to do this by now. I've lived long enough that I, I kind of got this figured out. I know what works for me. I know what works for us. I kind of got my plans and my way. And, and I wonder if, if God took 2022 as, you think you can just wing this? How's that going for you? How's that going, doing it your way and your power and your strength with all of your demands and all of your expectations? And I wonder if this could be a new year of, God, my thing isn't working. My thing isn't working. I don't have control. And what if this is a season of God shaking us, opening our eyes to say, this could be a new year where in the word you're finding out you don't have any control and a whole year of white knuckling it and clinch this of i'm trying to figure it out i'm trying to do better I'm, I'm trying to move forward and and we got all these things going on i'm just really busy what if there could be a new year of prosperity god's way where we choose to open our hands and say god my life is yours why don't we do that right now just lift up lift up a fist all right clinch it till it it gets a little painful okay Kind of hurts a little bit. All of us are tempted, and, and he says the wicked are tempted. The wicked would just be anybody that I'm not acknowledging God. I'm not searching for God. I'm not asking God. I'm not in his word listening to his voice. And he says, as you abide, as you get connected, as you're deep-rooted, go ahead and let go. And a whole year, day by day, of saying, not my will be done, not my way, not my timing. It's not about me. God, you're trying to teach me something in the midst of everything going wrong. And for some of us, there are consequences to us choosing our own way. And maybe we're going to continue facing those consequences. But what if this year could be a year that we are planting, that we are sowing for better months, for better years to come? Galatians 6, 7, if you want to jot this down, I love this passage. This was... This was a, a passage that I, I memorized early on as a young believer. Paul says to the church in Galatia, God is not mocked. God's not mocked. Whatever a man plants, whatever a person sows or plants, he or she will harvest. 
guaranteed. It's an inescapable planting and reaping process that God has put into motion. Have you experienced that? Have you, have you arrived at the place where you've been in seasons and as, as humble as you have to get, as low as you have to get, you have to acknowledge, this is where my best thinking got me. This is where my best efforts got me. I worked really hard and this was the payment. I planted all these seeds for so long and this is what grew. And I was on the phone with a, a really good friend weeping with him. And for the first time in almost a decade, after sowing and sowing to the flesh and selfishness and destroying his family, this past week, he finally arrived at a place where he was able to say with honesty and humility, I deserve this. If my wife leaves me, I deserve this. If all my kids hate me and abandon me, I deserve this. I did this. I did this year after year. I sowed these seeds. I planted all of this. This is what I deserve. No more finger pointing, no more excuse making, no more attacking other people. I did this to me. And God says, that's what the wicked cannot say. But those that are blessed are able to confess. I have not been connected. My roots have not gone down. This year, they will. I'm going to be with my God, and I want to experience fruit, the blessed life. I want it. I want it. So no matter what consequences you're facing right now, there's good news. There's good news. Lift up your voice and say, good news. Here it is. Do you believe that Jesus is bigger than all of your past failures, all of the consequences that you're facing? Do you believe that he is greater, that his grace is greater, that no matter what you've done and no matter what has been done to you, that you are in a place moving forward into this year that you can say, my God is for me. His, his word, his truth sets me free and I'm gonna choose to believe it this year. I am done with the old and I want the new. I want to experience God's blessing, his hand on my life. And some of us, we need to be as families as couples just coming together and saying, how did we do last year? Were we following Jesus? Did we obey what he said? Were we in the word together? Were, were we praying together as a couple, as a family? Were we committed to seeking first his kingdom, getting low before him and open-handed saying, God, whatever you want for me, my family? If, if we say no, that that didn't happen in 2022, guess what? The good news is that today, right? It can start today. Today, it's going to be different. Today, it doesn't matter who initiates it. It doesn't matter where it begins. It doesn't matter if you've gone years and years. I've never read the Bible. I've never read through the Bible. I have never once prayed with any of my family members. I have never once thought to start my morning with God. Guess what? Tomorrow morning is your day. Guess what? Tonight would probably be a good time to get started tomorrow morning to say, I have a place, I have a time, I'm getting in the word, I'm repenting of self-sufficiency, I'm repenting of my way and my timing and my plan and my agenda. I want to be blessed by God. You want that? You want that? God, I want you to bless our family. And last night as I was weeping with my friend, I'm just thinking, no matter how hard, no matter how dark, to be able to pray for him, and pray hope that, that God can bless 
that God can turn it around. Do you know somebody like that that needs that? A reset, a turnaround, they need hope. Maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody close to you. You would say this year, this year, God bless us, bless me, maybe in ways that I never expected, but do do what's right in your eyes. Because here we go, lastly, everybody say land the plane. Here we go. Number three, what, what is the promise of a blessed life? If I know the roots need to go down where I engage my mind and my heart is inclined to God's word and I'm not walking, standing, or sitting with those that are gonna counsel me and influence me astray, and I know that if I stay connected as a tree by the streams of water, that there's gonna be fruit, there's gonna be blessing What's the guarantee? What's the promise? Verse five, therefore, therefore, everybody say therefore. When we say the therefore, we ask what is the therefore, therefore. It's, it's there because the whole argument has been leading up to this. And the psalmist says, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. They don't have an argument. They don't have a plea. They're not gonna stand when it comes to judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. They're not going to be able to stand. How do we know? Verse 6. Here we go. This is it. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He sees everything. He sees it all. He sees everything I do in public, private. He knows the ways that people have wronged us. He knows. He sees it all. He knows it all. Especially he knows the way of the righteous. His righteous ones. But the way of the wicked, there's a guarantee. Death separation, parent. And so we live in a world that is marching towards a destiny of judgment. Some of us are familiar with this verse over the past months. We've been thinking about Hebrews 9.27, that it's appointed once for a man, for a person to die, and then to face judgment. All of life is headed towards this one day. And not only that, Matthew allows us to hear from Jesus saying this in verse 12, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 36. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Everybody say, ouch. Every careless word. That is how in tune, that is how close and intimately involved God is in every single person that every subtle, idle, careless word. There's going to be judgment. There's going to be an account given. Because the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, there is final judgment. And so this psalm, this psalm cries for a rescue, for a redeemer, for a lamb, the lamb of God who is going to take away the sin of the world. When we hear in scripture, the righteous one and the evil one, the righteous one and the wicked one, I hope you hear this. We are all unrighteous. We are all ungodly. We have all fallen short. We have all broken the law. The only person that can be called righteous is the one that has surrendered to the capital T, righteous one, Jesus. The only way that we can be viewed in God's eyes as righteous is if we have embraced I don't have any righteousness, but Jesus, he has all righteousness and he's 
offering me his. The gospel is the good news that God can look at us and he can say, you are righteous, you are right, you are good. As he looks through the sacrifice, the finished work of Jesus, and that we can be the ones that turn away from evil, from unrighteousness, from wickedness. Even if 2022 was a whole lot of failures and a whole lot of disappointments and a whole lot of regrets, this year could be the year. I want good news. I want to live rightly. I want to be in this word. I want to hear his voice. I want to do it. I want to be planted as a tree. Never in a desert again close to where hope is found, close to where the words of the one who created me, that I can hear his voice every day. So are you committed to doing that? Can we do that together? We say every day is a day of blessing when I go to my God 